As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hi, hello, and welcome back to the 1983 National Football League Draft. And with the first round pick, John Elway, Jim Kelly. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round pick, Dan Marino and Rudolph. NFL draft. And with the first round pick, Deion Sanders. I was kind of scared. I thought Detroit was going to take me. I would ask for so much money that I had to put me on layaway. Welcome back to the NFL draft. Good young players with the draft all about. You're in and you're out. Welcome back to the draft. Mark receivers running back. Tackle. Quarterback. Every year in the draft. It's draft week here on About Them Cowboys. Finally, we've been talking about this draft for about a month. KT is back, don't worry. But it's time for a little mock draft extravaganza. We do this every year. We each make our picks and we see how accurate we are. This time next week, we'll be back to wrap it all up. So I hope you uh, enjoy the Athletics draft coverage this week. Make sure you've downloaded your beast, theathletic.com, slash about them cowboys to do that. But I am Kent producing, and I'm welcoming in three of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys. We've got Saad Youssef off of Dallas Stars duty. We've got Father John Machado, who's always on Cowboys duty. And back in the hosting chair, it's Kevin KT Turner. Hey, KT. Oh, man, it's so good to be back, and I, I, I did miss you guys last week. I was actually uh, at the uh, Travis Frederick uh, charity function that night, and I did have an interaction with Dak, in which Dak held out his hand, and, and I shook his hand for a second, but I was already talking to someone else, so I didn't fully shake his hand, and then he kind of came back to me with his hand out, was kind of making fun of me a little bit. Not, oh, not like you let him, left him hanging? Left yeah, Dak like hanging? I left him hanging. Wow. Yeah. So I, he thought I big, wow. he thought I big timed him. So my you did. only I, mean, re- I did a little bit. My the only evidence way, suggests, yeah. I did big time him, sort of. So he kind of starts messing with me, puts his hand back out the next time I see him, because I really was talking to someone else, sort of, because he was talking to someone else. It was very strange and awkward. And then he held his hand back out to kind of mess with me. And I was like, I'm sorry, Dak. I was looking for the Enterprise Rent-A-Car guy. And he goes, really? And I was like, yes, they've got a great corporate structure and they give you the keys to be your own boss. I quoted Step Brothers to Dak. He didn't fully get that. But I he didn't was just get it like, right now either. He was almost like impressed that I was actually like, that I think I, I, I didn't mean to big time him, but I kind of did. 
but he was kind of like impressed that I was actually out to go, you know, um, in, you know, that there was someone the there that was more important than him that you wanted to talk to. That's yeah. Almost like, I was, Oh, you're doing like, deals. Wow, okay. I see. I see how All it right. is. How's Travis Frederick doing? Um, is there any, any chance he can suit up this year? I mean, cause we need him. He did tell me that he would return for one year at 20 million fully guaranteed. That's the, that's the number that he would return for. Uh, ran that by number, I ran that by another player. And I will just tell you that it is an offensive player, and I will tell you that it's not the quarterback. Okay, but I ran that by another player, and they were like, "Yeah, they should do that." Oh, <laughs> the offensive player was like, "Yeah, they should do that." Might be worth. <laughs> Highest paid center. You, 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 you know what you're going to get. For if, I mean, they could spend twenty million a lot worse that ways than bringing the old all pro back at the center position. That would not be the worst thing. Uh, I think yeah, he's I very gonna say, like if you're going to if you're going to like make like an exaggeration, it has to be a little bit more than that, because it's a little like it's a lot. And, and, and like I get that he's playing around, but like kind of made me think for a second, you know, just based on how this team's position was at center yesterday. It made me it made me think for just a second. He, he uh, now runs a um, or maybe he's a co runner of a um, Dungeons and Dragons company. Uh, demiplane.com D-E-M-I demiplane.com you can check that out because um, I, I think he's happy and he, he's doing that I and mean, he he had got a major in college in computer science you know he could build his own computer so he is a little nerdy like that but it's uh, cool that he comes and, and still gives back to the DFW community for his uh, Blocking Hunger Foundation blockinghunger.org if you'd like to contribute to that of course uh, but Tyler Biotish is now uh, a co-chair and um you know, kind of uh, stepping up with that. And there were a ton of players there. It was cool to see all the support from from uh, a lot of teammates um, who were, you know, in town. You know, it's off season. Sometimes people get away and things like that. And it was it was a really good time. So that's where awesome. I was. But I did enjoy y'all's podcast with Dane. I thought that was very enlightening. And I thought it was, uh, you know, it was better than it would have been if I was here. Um, let's be honest. I don't know about that. It's not true. This is this is one of my favorite podcasts of the year that we do because it's uh, the anticipation building towards the draft is all fun and we all love the draft, but uh, we kind of like to do a little three round thing where each of us are going to give you our th- fir- our three round mock the first three picks of the Cowboys and then at the end we kind of like to check and see how how we all fared. Although the, the rules are rules here, the rules are you can't pick someone that's already been picked. That's how we've done it in the past, right? So you can't pick someone that's already been picked. So we are kind of also uh, playing radio, if you will, and keeping it uh, creative uh, uh, and unique. So um, how do you want to start it, Ken? I want you to pick the order because I don't want to like, you know, yeah. step on anyone's toes here. Uh, well, I think we should let Father John go first no. and uh, tell us who who was on the clock. I mean, who was on the board and who we picked. At, uh, this is the first round pick. Yeah. So, well, I picked Aiden Hutchinson. I don't know how he fell this far. Um, wow. But no. Uh, so for me, it came down to uh, Zion Johnson. Actually, no. Hold on. Check that. He was taken right before me. Came down to Kenyon Green, Devin Lloyd, Traylon Burks, and Tyler Linderbaum. And because in so many other mock drafts, I picked Kenyon Green, I went with Traylon Burks in this one. Um, And one of the reasons why is I don't absolutely love what's fallen to the Cowboys in the second round at wide receiver as much as I thought. 
Um, if they were picking a little bit higher in the second round, and I think that, and I thought that they could get like Sky Moore, or George Pickens, then I probably would hold out and maybe would have taken Kenyon Green there. Uh, but Traylon Burks, I just think what he could bring to that offense, the ways that basically he could be used as not just a receiver, but they probably give him some handoffs and just use him in a variety of different ways. I think it'd be entertaining to see what, what he could do on this offense. So while I think that they'll ultimately go with a guard at 24 on Thursday, if Burks is there, I think that makes a lot of sense. All right. No, I, I, I think that's fine. I actually prepared in one of my alternate worlds uh, a pick of Traylon Burks just in case everyone went offensive line. Um, but no, I, I, I think that's fine. I, I think with him, if you're expecting CeeDee Lamb to take another step, and you look at the three guys that they brought in, Drake London. I don't know if Drake London is there at 24. And I don't, I've always like Drake London's way different uh, of a size than Michael Gallup. But we've talked about this before. They do kind of count on Michael Gallup as a guy that they're going to throw some fades to. And they kind of like him bodying people up on the outside. And I'm not sure that Drake London is, uh, fits the bill. I also don't think he makes it to pick 20. So at Chris Olave, there's one thing that I would say about Amari Cooper that's a negative. And I think Amari Cooper is awesome. But outside of being somewhat inconsistent over the course of his career, I do think there's a physical nature um, that, that Amari Cooper didn't really have that kind of reminds me of Chris Olave. Uh, watching some of what he's done at Ohio State, you know, and Amari Cooper actually is a better tackle breaker, you know, than Chris Olave and things like that. The Olave thing with me is he brings something that they just haven't had. When's the last time they had someone that took the top off the defense as a wide receiver where you're like, and I'm not talking about, you know, just, oh, well, this guy can do that. And we use him in certain packages. I'm talking about one of your top three receivers that's on the field all the time. That is a legit speedster that you're like, well, a safety is going to have to have his eye on him all the time because this guy can go deep on any given play, and Alave can do that. And I, that's the Cowboys Devin haven't Smith. had one in a while. That's exactly. Devin and, Smith, and, yeah. And is that a guy that you're really? Are you really playing him on all downs? No. If every, if all your receivers are healthy, if he's on this roster, is he your number three receiver? No. No. Okay. So who goes second? Who goes second here? Sod, you gonna go second, Sod? Yeah. Yeah. I'll go second. Yeah, so my board right now, I'm 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 gonna pick after uh, after telling you guys the guys that I have. Um, so I'm going round by round. The guys that I have are Kenny Pickett, Devin Lloyd, Kenyon Green, Traylon Burks, Andrew Booth, and Boya Mafe, and Tyler Linderbaum. So of those guys, I like I I I was leaning towards. Um, no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, the for the for the two DAC haters still still that exist. Uh, I, Kenyon Green, just because you know, for me, I think the the interior offensive line has has just been an issue, and and you know, with with this, their situation at guard, I think that's a that is a pressing issue. I think what's interesting is, I guess, our philosophy of whether they go offense or defense. Because John, I'm actually with you. Like, the, if I wasn't gonna go with with Kenyon Green, I was gonna go with Traylon Burks. Um, because I just think that they have to pick offense the, given the way they think and, and where, where some of their team philosophy is, I just think they're going to go offense. So that took like Devin Lloyd, you know, unless it's someone that's just so far and away better, kind of like the, kind of like the year, 
it was the CD Lamb year, right? Where we we're like, uh, they're going to pick defense, 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 and then CD Lamb was there, and you're like, well, you got to do that. Um, and I think the same way this year, but flipped. I think they're going to go offense probably, unless someone on defense just blows them away. Real quick on that point, because I don't think this guy's going to be on any of your mock drafts. If he is, I'm sorry for ruining it. But so I just got done doing a few hours ago our group one with the athletics. So each writer that covers each team picks for their team. And when I went on the clock, it was between uh, Zion Johnson went the pick before. So Kenyon Green was there. All those receivers that we just mentioned were gone. But George Karloftis was there, and I didn't even hesitate. I, I picked Karloftis, and I was like, as much as I think they have bigger needs at wide receiver and bigger needs at, at left guard and may, maybe even bigger need at offensive tackle, I was like, I'm not Karloftis, good enough for me. Plug him in there. Let's roll. So. Go ahead. Sorry. You know, well, uh, and ideally, Carl Aftis uh, is most likely, uh, it could be different, but is most likely graded above Kenyon Green. He could be graded higher than Traylon Burks. We'll see what their, you know, draft room looks like. But if he is, they should not hesitate with that. And yeah, that, that makes the Randy Gregory thing go away real quickly, you know. But uh, from a chalk standpoint, like Vegas-wise, uh, Sod went with Kenyon Green there, the Texas A&M guard, and John and yours. This whole exercise we're doing, we took Traylon Burks. Chalk-wise, those two and then Zion Johnson. I would say Green, Burks, and Zion Johnson. Those probably Vegas odds, the three favorites in that order. Would you disagree with that? Absolutely. No, I don't think there's there's any doubt about that. Um, those are the three that I would say most people are expecting. And a fourth would probably be Alave. I don't think anybody's expecting Drake London to be there. There's a better chance of Carol Loftus being there than Drake London. Um, and... I would say maybe Trevor Penning and maybe, I guess, maybe some, Ra- I mean, some, Raymond some all, maybe that isn't yeah. like something they would do, but maybe Linderbaum, which Linderbaum, I don't think they would Linderbaum. do that either. Yeah. I don't think they'll do that either, but that would be a possibility yeah. uh, that could be there in that range. And then the other one that is Devin Lloyd seems to be right in that mix right there. I don't think he'll fall, but if Jamison Williams were to fall, maybe. But I, it just doesn't seem likely that he would be there. Yeah, I brought that up last week, and Dane, uh, Dane was kind of also in that camp that he's not falling there. Yeah. So. Uh, Kent, we're going to let you go. I'll, I'll go last here. All right. Yeah, so I went offense here. I'm thinking in the first round, if they can help either the offensive line or wide receiver – I think they'd be happy with that. Looking at what what was on the board, I used Pro Football Focus for for my mock draft. Um, the tackle Bernard Raymond was still on the board, and both guards were still on the board: Kenyon Green and um, Zion Johnson. But I went with the wide receiver who was sticking out. It was Chris Olave, wide receiver from Ohio State. So I went with Chris Olave here. And hoping that they can help the offensive line a little bit later in the draft. Love it. Yeah. I, I think it's. I think it's. A, Traylon Burks was still out there too, but I went with Olave just because I think that's what they would. Uh, that'd do. be interesting. No, you must had at least. You had to have at least three quarterbacks go before you. Uh, let's see, Malik Willis. Um, it's not crazy because Pit, Pittsburgh that's it. obviously. Malik Willis. With Pittsburgh, I don't no, think I, it, I, you know. Hey, hey, hold on. You have it all in front of you. I don't want to hear all those picks now. For a, hey, 
okay, crazy is a little bit strong, but for Alave and Traylon Burks to both be there at 24, I, I need to hear who, who went the 23 okay. picks before them. Aiden Hutchinson was number one. Ahmad Gardner, Derek Stingley, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, Iquonu, Charles Cross, Evan Neal, Kyle Hamilton, Trayvon Walker, Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, Trent McDuffie. Now we're at pick 13 here. Uh, Drake London, Jordan Davis, George Karloftis, Devin Lloyd, Devontae Wyatt, N'Kobe Dean, Linderbaum at 19, then Malik Willis, and then pick 21 with the Pats, Andrew Booth Jr., the corner from Clemson, Jermaine Johnson, the edge rusher, Trevor Penning, and then me with Chris Olave. Okay, well, first of all, Andrew Booth going before Jermaine Johnson is absolute madness. Never will happen. Um, And then Linderbaum going before there. I'd be stunned if that happens. And then uh, who was the other one that you mentioned? Devontae Wyatt. Devontae Wyatt. And then also, uh, I understand that everybody that loves college football, like loves N'Kobe Dean. I'm telling you, these NFL teams are going to look at his size and they're going to be like, hmm. I'm telling you, you know know who I loved more than N'Kobe Dean? Was Ernie Sims. And Ernie Sims went ninth, was was the ninth overall pick in the draft, yeah, and yeah. he was undersized, and he never came close to meeting those expectations. And I promise you, that dude was nothing but a playmaker at Florida. He was flying around everywhere. Rod Marinelli, first pick. You know that's the thing when a, when a coach gets their new new job as a head coach. That first pick usually mean Rod Marinelli's first pick as as a, as an NFL head coach was Ernie Sims. We're going to build this thing around the defense and all that. Like, hey, I, I get it, flying around, great, all that stuff, all that. I'm telling you, that, those measurables matter at the NFL. I'm telling you, N'Kobe Dean will be there at 24 if they want him. Yeah, they they probably won't want that, I would imagine. I would There's imagine. also a so, part of me, too, that I'm always a little, I'm always a little nervous with the premium Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, whatever years when they have like the best defenses. I'm always a little like, are all of these guys going to be good pros? Because here's the thing. Like a lot of times, almost none of them live up to expectations. I I was telling somebody this the other day, a a friend of mine, about how dominant all those offenses were for USC like in the 2000s. And nobody met expectations. And most of them far, far were well below expectations when they got there. There's something about having all that talent together where you're like, okay, when you get to the NFL, is everything going to be as smooth? Like, it, is is Nicobe Dean going to be running with like guys in front of him that are going to be as good as Georgia were? Like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. It, here's the way my board fell. Uh, Green Bay ended up taking Traylon Burks at 28. Do you think that's the way it's going to fall? If Dallas takes Traylon Burks, they'll just take Chris Olave. Like, if we get one of these two guys, we're, we're fine. Seems seems to be it's, the way it fell in my board. Yeah. It is interesting that the three visits they had at wide receiver: Drake London, Traylon Burks. And Chris Olave. Now, those are the official 30 visits. It's different. We know they've worked out guys, pro days, all that stuff. Dallas Day, all that stuff. It is very interesting that you have those three upper tier players at that position, and that's it. That they didn't have wide receivers that might fall in the 30 to 60 range or the 60 to 90 range. That's fascinating. That might be by design. That might it be by might. design because they don't want to show any hand on that. Whereas, like, it's pretty cut and dry that if there's a chance of any of those receivers to fall there, it's probably those three guys. Now, there's also the C.D. Lamb situation where if this was the draft two years ago and they brought in three receivers, C.D. Lamb wouldn't have been one of them because they didn't think C.D. Lamb had a chance to fall to him. So that also could be, let's say, Garrett Wilson. You know, in that, in that draft that I just did with uh, all the uh, 
athletic writers, Garrett Wilson, I think, fell to like 18. He was the big like slider that like yeah. out of everybody, you're just kind of like, I mean, there was a part of me that thought about trading up. But I'm like, am I giving up 88? Because that's what it would take. I would have to give their third round pick to move up, you know, 18 to take the best who I, I think most believe is the best wide receiver in the draft. I don't know. I just feel like that's too much for wide receiver. Yeah, no, I, th- I think so too. I think so too. You know, that, that year that they drafted Michael Gallup, he wasn't a 30, uh, he was not a 30 visit. Now they had yeah. worked him out privately. Um, I think Connor Williams, he their second round pick. I think he was a Dallas day guy. Cause yeah, cause he was at the Coppell, Coppell or yours? Coppell, Coppell. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So there's a lot of A in there. Uh, for my pick, I guess, can I, I, see, that's the thing. I was thinking about Zion Johnson. Uh, I, I'll do Zion Johnson. I think that's realistic too. I do think Zion Johnson might be gone by the time, uh, Cowboys pick. You know, my, my money would be Kenyon Green, but uh, for the, this exercise, I'll do Zion Johnson, um, just to, to just to be different from everyone else here. But the, the guy that's that's um, flexible on the offensive line is something that I think we will see. I know we've heard fantasy football comments from McCarthy, but I still think as I think we're going to see moving forward that they're going to be more amenable to moving guys and things like that as long as they get the right guy who can do it. Ken, uh, Kenyon Green and, and Zion Johnson, both guys who can do that. Johnson, uh, a little more so. So, Zion Johnson, uh, and I think we should be happy with anything we got there. Uh, all, all four of us, every one of those picks, I, I can't see uh, the upset. Now, who's the guy, for the sake of doing it, who's the guy that that you pick there that you go, what, why, huh, is there, is there that name? I mean, for me, I've said it before on this thing. It's it's Linderbaum, but I know a lot of other people will be going nuts and thinking that we got the best center in football and we're going to the Super Bowl. I don't feel that way. <laughs> you know, I well, would say uh, my, maybe Raymond. Uh, and I don't know how. Oh, that, yeah, that no, that's a good one. No, that one would be the one for sure. Bernhard yeah, Raymond. Cent- a central Michigan tackle would not light the world on fire, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I would that. be. Uh, I don't think I would be too disappointed. I like. I don't think I'd be like railing over it if they went with Linderbaum. There, there might be some Travis Frederick bias because I remember the outrage when Frederick was picked uh, late in the set and late in the first round, and it kind of worked out. But, um, but I like. I think that would maybe be the most disappointing one. But you know, I, I think I, I don't think there's any pick that I would be just up in arms about. You know, looking at their 30 visits, there is another name that pops out that does reek of a bit of a reach at 24, but a guy who wouldn't get to the second round is DeMarvin Lill, or, or Leal, the uh, yeah. defense tackle from, from Texas A&M. God. That feels very 35 to 50 is a good spot for him. Yeah, for um, sure. But, uh, yeah, that's just, I'm just looking at their 30 visit list, kind of like, eh, it could be someone, but I, I, I don't... I don't think about I, how their board is, yeah. is, is ranked. I mean, if... If DeMarvin Leal is their number two or three defensive lineman and their number one's off the board already, you know, how are they going to think, you know, but they've still got four wide receivers on the board and they think they can get to their next one at their next pick. I mean, it's all about how they can kind of prioritize these things and how they, they feel like they can get the guys that they like and how they can play the game, you know? Yeah. You know, this draft reminds me a lot of the 2013 draft and I know it's like, it's it, you know, Eric. That's the Eric Fisher draft, if people remember. 
But the, the first quarterback taken in that draft was EJ Manuel at pick 16. And, you know, it, there's just some things, you know, uh, Geno Smith was the second quarterback, but there's some things about this list that aren't sexy. And when you get to it, picking 24 is not a bad spot to be. And I know we all think of that as the Travis Frederick, Sharif Floyd draft and all that stuff, but, you know, you're in a pretty good spot to to uh, strike. It just kind of reminds me of that draft where whatever they did, the, the Cowboys that year did something that I think fans wanted. There are a lot of fans that wanted Sharif Floyd. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think back. Was it – who else was that was in the mix there? Wasn't there a safety that was in the mix? Uh, that people might thought. That yeah, they because when have... they trade, you're talking about 2013. 2013. Yeah, oh, Matt Elon was the guy. No, 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 no. It was what's his name, Eric Reed. Oh, Eric Reed. Yeah, he went at eight. Because that's who ended up. That's who the 49ers took with the pick that the Cowboys traded back to get Frederick with. Yeah. So, yeah, it was Eric you know. Reed. It was Eric Reed and and uh, uh, Sharif Floyd. Sharif Floyd, who went 23. Yeah. Here it's at 24. Kind of know. Kind of have a, a a pretty good idea of. What direction they may be going. So again, John took Traylon Burks, Saad took Kenyon Green, Kent took Chris Olave, and I took Zion Johnson. Uh John, let's go to you for round two. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to cut you off, but yeah. So I ended up oh, taking sorry. DeMarvin Leal. When you were mentioned him, I didn't I just figured we'd get to it. I don't think he'll be there, but if he's there in the second round, that makes a ton of sense to me. Uh John Mechie was also there from Alabama. I like John Mechie a lot. I know some people aren't as excited about him as I am. I don't think, I think if he doesn't get hurt, I think he's probably a late first, early second round pick guy. Um, I'm a big fan of his. So that's really what it came down to for me because the other guys that were there are guys like, let me see here. Now there was Kingsley and Igbare, the DN from South Carolina. And there was Drake Jackson, the South, uh, the uh, USC defensive end. Uh, but you know, Lael just seemed to make the most sense there. I don't, I don't know if he'll be there. You know, that's the one thing, like if they were drafting a little bit higher in these rounds, like, like they were, you know, when they got CD lamb, you know, kind of you're in the upper middle, I'd feel a lot better than that. Kind of where they're sitting at. I don't know. There'll be somebody that falls, you know, I mean, we didn't think, we didn't think in that CD lamb draft that Trayvon Diggs would be there in the second round and, and he fell there. I mean, I think that's their best case scenario in this whole draft would be that, somebody falls to them in the second round that they were like, wow, we really considered this guy in the first and a possibility there. I know this is really reaching, but the guy you just mentioned from central Michigan, Bernard Raymond, what if, what if he used to fall there? You know, people, people hate him at 24. At least that's what it seems to be the case on social media. But what if he's there in the second round? I think that makes a lot of sense. I'd be in on that there. Yeah, I that makes yeah. I mean, I, just because they brought him in doesn't mean they think he's a first round guy, you know. No, so. absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I like that. Burks and, and Leal. That's 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 for Leal. I, I keep saying Leal. It might be Leal. Maybe I should. I thought it was Leal. It, it might be. I don't can't know, help man. us out here. I think it's Leal. Yeah. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm no Aggie. You know, I don't. Uh, I'm gonna. Say, I'm gonna find out for you though, because uh, I'm pretty sure it's Leal. I need to know. You know what? I don't look at look right. at my beast. How about that? We got phonetics. We got phonetic. Uh, there we go. Thing in my yeah. beast, right? What am I doing? <laughs> I don't see it though. I don't hard see copy. It He's under. Oh, de- is it Leal? Leal. Leal. There we go. Yeah, it is Leal. Leal. All right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Saad, round two, you took Kenyon Green in the first. Yes, and I, first of all, before before making my pick, I would say, like, John, when you talk about, like, you know, they're picking just a little bit back in some of these rounds, like, I think the, the trade today with the Texans and the Patriots was kind of interesting just because, like, I think that, you know, if, if you do have a guy that you like, I think you can start packaging some of those back picks to, to move up a few spots like um I don't know what what was that it was like a it was like a fifth round pick for a sixth and a seventh like you know like I think if you start getting to a point where you're like okay if I can move up five six slots here and and throw in a seventh or you know something like that I, I don't know which round you start doing that because I think the price is still relatively high in the second round but I think right. at some point um you're you're so back in these rounds that I agree. I think I think you kind of do that where you start throwing in some of your back picks because um, just because you want to get that player that that you already have. So and my, maybe that happens in the third. I think more re- realistically, it would be in the fourth. You know, they package up those some of those fifths that they have, and maybe yeah. they move up in the fourth to get somebody early in the fourth round that they had a you know third round grade on or something like that. But sure, but I don't know. Second round, it's still going to be tough because it just. I mean, yeah, like you said, if it's only like five or six spots, I mean, it's certainly doable, but. I don't, you know, every mock draft I've done, I haven't had any interest at all in doing anything that was going to prevent them from having a first, second, and third round pick. So it was, I wasn't going to give up that third to move up in the first, you know, and I really don't want to give up that third just to move up in the second. I really think that they need in those first three rounds to get three starting caliber players that can make an impact, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the guys that I had on my list, Brees Hall, Matt Corral, uh, George Pickens, Isaiah Spiller, and, DeMar- and DeMarvin Leal, and I also went with Leal. So um, two Aggies to, man, to begin my draft. Man, Pickens would be a nice one there, too, if he fell that far. If you didn't obviously take Burks in the first round. Yeah. Boy, man, if I, I feel like if Pickens or Mechie are there in the second round after they take a, you know, a guard in the first, I think they, they would be in great shape if that happened. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I kind of just went with the split with offense defense, but I could I could right. see if I doubled down on offense, Pickens would be a good pick too. You know, their their interest in at wide receiver is so interesting to me. You know, it, it, you can you got to go off of a lot of things like the, you know, draft history under this administration, their visits and all of that, and I I don't know if we've been able to pin down like who are some guys that they like at wide receiver on day two that jump out. And it's just been hard to pin down. It's been easy to pin down tight ends and stuff like that, but wide receiver hasn't been. And I thought that they would have done more 
in free agency to be in a better spot. And I know James Washington is, you know, there and, and currently probably in competition to be your third wide receiver at this point. Um, I was very interesting in the signing, you know, like Sammy Watkins signed for $4 million. Like there's a guy I used to be interested in that would have put you in a little better position. Now you don't want to get $4 million just like that away. But like, I thought they would be in a better position to go into the draft and not worry about wide receiver. I thought they would have done something. I didn't think they – that doesn't mean uh, Cedric Wilson, but Malik Turner was a guy I thought that they would have made a bigger effort to keep. You know, I'm, I'm glad you just mentioned that about wide receiver because I just thought of another scenario that I don't think will sit well with a lot of people. 24, they take Penn State's Jahan Dotson. I don't think people are going to be thrilled by that because if obviously if you're taking him at 24, you're taking him over some other players that – People probably would like a little bit more than Jahan Dotson, but if they did that, what if Chris Olave and Burks are off the board? I mean, no, oh, that's what. Yeah, and that's the scenario be. I'm saying. Okay, uh, I think that people would rather they stay. They wait till the second round to see what's available there. Did they? Do we, do we have any feel for anyone else? I mean, that's a George Pickens is the name he's out there. George Pickens to me, he could go anywhere from. It feels like that could go anywhere from 21, way on the high side, okay? Right. But to 60, right? Right. Here's a Probably name. 21 to 40 is, you know, that yeah. area. So, I mean, is there a point where it's what like, if they take well, Pickens? What early. if they took Pickens at 24? How would you feel about that? I would rather roll the dice on George Pickens than Jahan Dotson. Okay. Now, you're looking at injury history. Right. Yeah, there's a lot going on there with George Pickens, but... If George Pickens is the best receiver in this class, I don't think that I would be terribly surprised because yeah. it's all there. You know, it's just we don't have that proven, you know, big term, uh, big long term track record right there. Right. But what were you going to say, Kemp? Yeah. What, what would you guys think about? I don't think he'll get to 24. Maybe I want to ask you guys how far he'd fall before he'd trade up. You guys think about Karloftis? I oh I at twenty four. Yeah. Oh, I I like him over. I'd say everyone besides Traylon Burks. There, I like him. I would take him over. Well, I don't know if I would on this team because their immediate need at, at guard and their their failure like their failure on the offensive line does bother me enough. But if you were talking about a year where the Cowboys offensive line was in pretty good shape and there wasn't this immediate hole at left guard, then I would tell you that Carl Loftus so I would be all in on right there at 24. You know, because you don't think they can Jerry trade. says they're going to they're going to sit in there and, t- and and pick, but I'm wondering who those players might be that it, if they fall they're just like, "Oh, we got to got to pull the trigger on this guy." And I feel like Carl Loftus might be on the edge of that edge rusher group for them. I don't know. I, f- I feel like because the offensive line was such a disappointment this past year that most fans feel like they have to fill that need at 24. Like if they don't like they can make a trade, they can go out and sign some veterans for competition at left guard. Like you can, you're going to, you can find a way to put, it's not act like, Oh my God, how do you replace Connor Williams? Like if your hand is forced and you get an impact player as an edge rusher and an impact player at wide receiver with your first two picks, Go find a veteran guy that can play guard for you. I mean, I just like, I, I, I just don't, it's, I feel like it's like the offensive line with, with Cowboys because of the way that they've drafted with all these first round picks. People feel like it's like they're, 
these are like five quarterbacks are what our, what our offensive line is made of. And we have to use premium picks to get them. Like go find somebody that can play guard for you for fill in. Like, I, I just don't, this isn't like finding a franchise quarterback, go trade with somebody, a future third for a veteran guard, because they have an extra one that like, yeah, he's not going to come in here and make the pro bowl, but he can at least be serviceable and isn't going to hold on every other play. Like, I don't think that's asking too much. If you come away with an edge rusher and a wide receiver, with your first two draft picks. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. Uh, I think one example of that, like that comes to mind. Uh, remember when they got Brian waters, um, I'd like, yeah. you know, something like that where you have a veteran who's kind of proven that he's, that he's been decent and everything. I think that that's the kind of move that if you do make, I, I just personally don't think that I see them making that kind of move, but, um, but I agree. Like, I don't think you have to, but, uh, yeah, former, former mean green, great Brian waters. Yes, sir. Uh, all right. Kent, who's your uh, second round pick? Yeah, so the second round, it was tough because they, you know, this is when a run start happening. Guys start falling off the board pretty fast, and you're left with limited options. What I had was Demarvin Leal was on the board. Uh, the linebacker Brian Osamoa also on the board, and um, Abraham Lucas, another uh, linebacker. Uh, but I went with the edge rusher, Kingsley Enagbare. He was a uh, right outside the top 10 on Dane's list. DeMarvin Leal was uh, number five. So uh, I thought they might uh, prioritize edge rusher over a defensive line. So that's why I made that call. In uh, Enagbare... From South Carolina, um, you know, um, do we have no no visit on him? Right, nothing. Do we have any? I don't believe uh, so. No, nothing that matters. I don't fully fully uh, rely mm-hmm. on that type of stuff, but I like to I keep it in play here. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, if they're walking away from this thing, the, the thing I would say is you'd be going to round three. I know it's against what John just said, but you'd be going into round three without doing anything to the offensive line. We'll get we'll get there. I, I feel like that would bother me. Uh, that would be me on Friday night going, are we ever going to do something on offensive line? But I'll give you well, time. Well, hold up real quick here. So what are you going to, you going to force a move if just so you get somebody on the offensive line, if other players no. are clearly better, I'm telling you right now, they're not going to do that. They, I guarantee I, you they won't do that. They will not no, reach no. for like the, like we really like Zion Johnson and Kenyon green in the first round, but Carol Loftus was there uh, we'll reach in the second round for an, uh, a guard or something like that. I don't see that happening. I think they'll take the best player on their board. And like I said, I think they'll find a way to, to fill in that guard. This is a team that is starting an undrafted rookie free agent at, at right tackle. So uh, I don't know that they, I mean, I'm sure they would love to have a Zion Johnson or Kenyon green, but if there's a better player available, I don't think that they're going to, they're going to shy away from taking that player. Uh, no, totally fair. I'm not, not arguing that at all, but uh, I just think as a fan watching that, I would be like, do we remember the back half of last season and a lot of the issues that we had? I just don't know which offensive lineman. I mean, I, I, I looked it down at the board. I mean, it's all Central Michigan, the other Central Michigan tackle, Luke Gadecki. 
Um, I mean, the last no, offensive get, lineman to go was Zion Johnson at 33. So the, the uh, there's name, just not a lot of a lot of fruit for picking around around these parts at 56 for offensive. I, oh, I agree. I agree with you 100. percent A guy in that range, I think, round two, we will definitely see. He may not make it there, um, but it and it matches the list. You know, uh, is Cam Jurgens from Nebraska, but. After that, no, there's not a lot of guys that you could go, okay, that's a, that's a round two pick that we've, you know, that they would be involved with. So, um, so what did you, but what do you do there then? What did, what did that really, what does that shore up? You still need a left guard. All you're doing well, is basically re- replacing Tyler Biotish. You still have a hole at left oh, guard. Oh, no, I'd play Cam Jurgens at guard. Okay. Which, you know, because they're not moving, they're not going to move Biotish. At least it doesn't sound like they would. Um, maybe they would. Interesting. You say that. You say that, and they take Linderbaum at twenty-four. They ain't taking Linderbaum at twenty-four to be a guard. Yeah, no. That's why I don't think Linderbaum makes a ton of sense unless they apparently just absolutely love him. You know. Okay. Um, they take Kenyon Green at twenty-four. Boom. Move it on down the trade road. up We're in the second round. Trade up in the second round and take Linderbaum. And those are their first two picks. I'd be now, frustrated with that. Now they're obviously giving up something significant to move up. Yeah. I'm not but trading I'm just saying, up for a center after I took a guard. I mean, I think I, I, I wouldn't be pissed until I knew you're with what the, the Dallas Cowboys. You're with the Dallas Cowboys. You can only fill your five offensive line spots with premium picks. Okay, KT? That's the way, that's the way no. everything's run around here. All right? No. Now, you're telling me we're trading up for, for George Pickens? Well... Well, well. And well, why not just take Pickens at 24 then? Because I wanted to get a left guard. Okay, fair enough. But I don't want to, yeah, I'm with you. Dude. I don't want to, I don't want to be trading picks here. I'm not trading premium picks. We sit there and we pick them. You know how we do yeah, this. Yeah, but, but, but you get Linderbaum and, and uh, Zion Johnson or Kenyon Green. Boom. Offensive line fix. Problem solved. Oh, yeah. Now what happens when Gallup's uh, misses the first month of the season and James Washington is your yeah. number two wide receiver? Dak's got a calf strain. Oh my God, Simi Fajoko still can't catch? It's what are fine. we going to do? It's fine. Will Greer's got this. Jeez. Okay, Zion Johnson was my first round pick, John, because yep. I'm solving my left guard crisis. Got it. Right? Sounds good. It works. See what I'm doing? Second round. Got a lot of options, a lot of things to think about here. Uh, I'm going to roll... With, uh, I mean, look, the easy thing to do would be to, to take Sam Williams, right? That makes sense? Sure. Can't just take Kingsley. We'll take Sam Williams. He's a visitor. We know that. Know that they like him. I could I could get down on that. I think that makes a lot of sense. The other yeah. pick I had in mind is if uh, if they were going to go, and I, I, don't think it, I don't think it's something they would do. I don't see the wide receiver there at round two that makes sense or that is one that – I say makes sense, like like I know like who they like or whatever, but I'm not sure that I'm reaching to go get um, like if Christian Watson fell to you, I might be interested in that. You mentioned Michi, but you know there's been a lot of like buzz about like David Bell of Purdue, and I'm not trying to do that in the second round. I don't need a slow guy. Um, so yeah, for me, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Sam Williams. Although I was tempted to think about Quay Walker from Georgia. I was tempted to think about Christian Harris, the linebacker from Alabama, but I'll take Sam Williams from Ole Miss to keep it pretty realistic. 
You know, things about Sam Williams, though, are very, very he's better than Dorch Armstrong was. But that kind of quick guy, um, you know, Dorch Armstrong coming out of Kansas, the number one thing that you said about him is, God, he lost a lot of games. But you turn on the tape and they're losing to TCU by 45 points. He's going hard. Sam Williams plays hard and he plays quick off the ball and things like that. Makes sense for what they might be looking for there. So Sam Williams, old Miss, second round. Second round pick with, quote unquote, as Dane put it on last week's podcast, a little bit of baggage. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how we oh, roll. Yeah. Sign him up. Sam Williams round two. Um, by the way, he was acquitted of all charges. So just. <laughs> My God, it matters. Yeah. Oh, just, you know, yeah. Yeah. Just like got, that. Sh- yeah. He just got bumped <laughs> up my board. <laughs> yeah, right. Look, I mean, from straight from the beast, suspended from the program in July 2020 after he was arrested on a felony charge of sexual battery. The charges were later dropped, and he returned to the team two months later. So uh, that's like yeah. that's like the sweet spot of like of of not getting in trouble and also climbing the Cowboys draft boards. Um, that, that that's kind of what you. Did, that's what that did, sounds like. Does this sound like a cowboy to you? From Dane's uh, Beast. Tape hey, is you really just lost Randy Gregory. Let's replace another yeah. locker room concern with, with it's just, tape, it's just, you know. Tape is riddled with undisciplined mistakes, including nine penalties as a senior, illegal use of hands, <laughs> offsides, face mask, multiple roughing the passers, etc. Inconsistent <laughs> finisher. And what we need is somebody gets penalties, too. <laughs> His off-field will require extensive vetting after he was suspended from the Ole Miss program following arrest on felony sexual battery. Again, though, <laughs> I think he goes. At charges 24. were dropped. We dropped him. Have you guys seen? Uh, have you guys all seen uh, the movie Ted? Yes, the, the bear. Yeah. Yes. So there's there's a scene in there where uh, Ted uh, goes to his boss. And confesses to doing some inappropriate things at his job. <laughs> and it's so obvious that you would get fired for these things. But his boss says to him, he's like, we're giving you a promotion. That took guts. <laughs> and we need guts. I cannot watch that scene and not think of that being Jerry Jones being told about, like, a player with problems about the field and be like, so, you know, you know, just like Will McClay's going over this list of stuff. So, yeah, so Jerry, he's off our board. And Jerry's like, wait, hold on. No, no, no. Let's put him higher on our board. <laughs> that took guts. We yeah. need guts. Yeah, he had that moxie. Guts. He had that moxie. You guys know what that charge about, dropped. Right? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. One of the top movies with a talking animal in it. <laughs> Anything Seth MacFarlane does, you know. All right, third round. Sa- let's go. 12, 12, real quick, 12 and a half sacks last year for Sam Williams and four forced fumbles. I don't know. I like those things, so... I will draft him like I would draft. Yeah. yeah. Let's go to John round three. Let's get it. Yeah. I think this is a great spot for tight ends. Uh, like I mean, a lot of the, several of the guys that were the top uh, players on, on my board that were still available were the tight ends. I ended up going with Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio state. He was one of their 30 visit guys. I know some people will say that might be a little bit early, basically came down to him, uh, Jelani Woods and Kate Otten. So it was going to be a tight end pick for me there. I think they need, definite help at tight end uh you lose Blake Jarwin Dalton Schultz is under the franchise tag but you know he's hopeful that they'll get a long-term deal done but what if they don't and all of a sudden the other thing is with tight end it's it's a position that much like with Dalton Schultz it takes a little bit of time to kind of get acclimated to the NFL let's get a guy in there now so if you do lose Dalton Schultz or maybe even if you do keep him 
that you have a guy that you're kind of bringing along that has the potential of being another number one or, uh, you know, basically what we thought Blake Jarwin was going to be and how, you know, Jarwin and Schultz were going to work together. I just think that at 88, it seems like with the way this tight end class is, that could be a certain a spot where they address it. Uh, no, I like it. And I actually think Ruckert, if you got Ruckert in round three, see, to me, based on the, what I saw from him, I thought that's a guy who someone's probably going to take a chance on in day two. I mean, I mean, in round two. Right. In round two. So if you got him in round three, I'd be pretty excited. Because I do think he's a way better player than Jelani Woods, who you mentioned. Okay, I like Jelani Out of Woods. all those guys, out of Jelani Woods, the K-Dot, and uh, Greg uh, Dulicich from uh, UCLA, no, no, there's some other ones too. Like I don't think it's crazy to think one of the a couple of those guys are going to be there that if they want one of them at 88. Yeah, no, I think I think so too. I think that's totally fair. I love the pick. Um, let's go to Sod. What do you got here, Sod? Sod, by the way, took so that's John to round up yours. Traylon Burks, Demarvin Lil, Leal, and uh, Jeremy Rucker. How you feeling? Good? That's a Feel very good? flashy draft. I think that's a. That that's one to uh, that's one that has the aesthetics. Let's get some sex appeal. Let's <laughs> yeah. go go to Sod. Sod, you have Kenyon Green and uh, Demarvin Leal. Yeah, and on my board right now, I'm staring at Khalil Shakir, uh, Ed Ingram, Greg Dulcich, uh, Jeremy Ruckert, Kate Utton, Cam Jurgens, and I'm taking none of them. Going oh. a little lower. Going a little lower. And taking Drake Jackson out of USC. Yeah, hey, I think that's a good, that's a pretty good value for him, right? Yeah, it's a great, pick. great about getting that pick there. You were throwing Drake. us for a curveball there. I thought you were about to throw. I know because I thought yeah, I was like, is this dude about to take Cade York right <laughs> he now? He traded out of the round and he's <laughs> passing on his pick. <laughs> I'm like, let's go get no, it. I was, I was kind of surprised that they that he was you know rated a little lower than than anticipated because I've been reading off like the top five six guys but yeah j- once I saw Drake Jackson you know uh, I knew that was going to be the pick yeah so that wraps up for some little defensive line help a little Dan Quinn influence get better in the trenches Kenyon Green Demarvin Leal and then Drake Jackson there you guys see over to Kent Kent you have Olave and then you took Kingsley and Abare who do you have for round three could it be a yeah. Kid? So I'm helping out my offensive line here. This is a guy I've read about that I really like, the p- position flexibility. Um, he's got a Pro Bowl-level name. Whoever drafts this guy is going to be happy because he's going to you know, be successful based on the name. You just know. I'm going with the guard center from Chattanooga, Cole Strange, with pick 88. People are strange. Cole Strange. Do they have any ties to him from a visit standpoint? I don't know. I remember. I think I think he was a there's something there. He was not a 30 visit, but I think they did work him out. Dane says he um, has the potential to be a starter at guard or center in year one. So I feel like you play him at play him at guard. You can move him over to center if you need to. Things don't work out with Biotish. I like that, and I'd feel way better about that than uh, going with a straight center at that uh, at that pick. And again, I didn't pick a uh, center earlier, so that's what I'm left with. So I'll go with uh, right. Cole Strange there. Cole Strange, 
So that takes that for Kent, Alave, Kingsley, Bar, Cole Strange kind of hit all the needs there too. Yes, you know, like drafting that. for need this year. My last one there, so I took Zion Johnson around one from Boston College, Sam Williams from Ole Miss. Uh, I'm with John, but I'm going to mix it up just for, for the sake of it. But I am with John that a tight end would make sense here. I love the Ruckert pick that John made. Johnny Woods is a guy that we know they like. Uh, you mentioned K-Dotton as well. I'm reaching a tad, and I'm admittedly reaching. I, I am not uh, – no, make no bones about it. But I do think that there's a player that – I know that they, they met with. He was not a 30 visit, but he was a Dallas Day guy. And it is a reach, but they take him in the third. Danny Gray from SMU. Now, a lot of people are going, what? Why? You have a guy now that this, now you're going to fully move CeeDee Lamb. Not, you're not moving him outside. You're going to move him around all the time. But Danny Gray is a little chain mover guy. He's small, 5'11". I think he rounded up to 6 feet, 185. Someone that they have uh, they have met with, a Dallas Day uh, meeting, and I know that they had a virtual meeting with him as well. Senior Bowl guy, 49 catches last year, nine touchdowns. Um, I know it's a reach. I know it's a reach, but I just wanted to mix it up a little bit. I do think tight ends the area there, but after I had gone uh, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, I needed to get a wide receiver. I, do, I don't like the David Bell thing from Purdue. I don't want – that's not what I want to be a part of. Let's go with, uh, go with a little um, a little twitchy guy, a little Danny Gray from SMU. Who are the other receivers no on the board there? So at the time, you would have Wandell, uh, Wandell Robertson from uh, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. David Bell from Purdue stands out. Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. Uh, Mechie was gone, though. That's the guy who I really... The next one off the board be. for me was... Uh, the pick after me, Khalil Shakir from Boise State. Khalil Shakir was on the board as well. Okay. Uh, Calvin Austin had just gone, but I don't think they would have any interest in taking a five foot seven guy. Personally, gotcha. I don't think they would. Now, could they shock the world and go running back in round three? I mean, don't you think they're going to take a running back at some you point? Guys, on like day three? Isaiah Spiller. I mean, they'll take a linebacker. Do you like Isaiah Spiller? Like James Cook from Georgia. James Cook's interesting. Yeah, I just. I don't I feel like there's got to be. I just. Bi- I, I just. I mean, I don't know no, if they I, feel like that's going to be their starter next year. You know, I mean. Yeah, yeah but, but I just don't think like, like much like I said when I said about tight end how it takes time to kind of get acclimated. It's a complete opposite with running back. They well, can go into ex- next year's exactly. draft and take a running back. and they. they it, it, let's that's say true. this is next year and it's the same crop of running backs. Cool. Take Spiller next year. You know what I'm saying? Like there's mm-hmm. gonna, And it's not like that, oh, you better take advantage of them this year because there's not going to be any running backs in the second, third, fourth round next year. And, you know, you can find those guys. How, how, I mean, obviously we haven't seen Tony Pollard as a featured back, but how do we know that he would have been some, you know, huge disaster if they took him in the third round? We're like, Here's the keys of the car, Tony. We're going to let you get every opportunity, but we're also going to sign like some veteran for real cheap on a one-year deal. Like you can address running back the year of, you don't need the the build up to it. Now, if somebody is there with all those picks in the fifth round, by all means, go get the guy. But I don't think that they have to force running back. Yeah, I like that. Maybe one of those fifths. 
Well, one thing that we should keep in mind, and I don't, I don't want to go too deep here because it is a hypothetical, but we could be talking about a world where something happens with Kelvin Joseph. And I know you guys talked about this last week, but cornerback is something that when we're watching the draft on Thursday and Friday night, that we should keep our, our head on there. We should be monitoring the cornerback position. Think about the guys they liked over time. Think about the length that they've wanted over time. Right, which but, doesn't fit uh, with Trent McDuffie, who people seem to think is like the guy that would be in that spot potentially at 24. But you look at those measurables and you're just like, this isn't a guy that the Cowboys prefer. So that makes me think they might not even take a guy like that You know, same for in, Kyler early Gordon in the second too, round. Yeah, so you're going to use your premium pick. Jerry Jones talking about he wants an instant impact player, and they're going to go against what they've looked at for defensive backs. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, man. You look at those measurables on Sauce Gardner, and you're just like, oh, geez, yeah, who would ever pass on something like that? Stingley, things like that. But, like, man, that McDuffie, it just doesn't fit where – here's the other thing. Like, people act like this is like a Dan Quinn thing on that. Will McClay's been on on that length thing way before Dan Quinn stepped in the building. So yeah, uh, sure. there's going to be – multiple decision makers that have a lot of say in that draft room that are not going to prefer the smaller corners. So while I do think you have to get some insurance because of the Calvin Joseph situation, I don't necessarily think they're going to do that at 24. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, and I also think like Nation Wright, like you have, like I like I think that he has to get an opportunity at some point now and they did they obviously liked him a lot more. I mean that that was what the most eyebrow raising pick over the last 2-3 years relative to the expectations like I don't think anybody saw that pick at that moment so obviously they liked him they liked him a lot and I think uh and I think that he has to get the opportunity even if Kelvin Joseph situation is fine and he's still on the team I still think given how high they are on him uh he's gonna be an x-factor there's also some free agents out there veteran guys that yeah they're a little bit older and you're probably only giving them a one-year deal but if it comes down that Calvin Joseph uh, is getting charged and they decide to move on from him, there's some other options out there on, on all different levels from, you know, a little bit of a significant investment to the Maurice candidates who, if you were at training camp last year, he was one of the best defenders they had. And everyone was thinking he was going to get major minutes and he didn't. And he's still a free agent out there. Like you can kind of fill that other cornerback spot for a year. So I'm not trying to reach for it, but if there's somebody that you really like that is there, absolutely corner should be in play in the mix. I just don't, I'm not really in love with what would be the possibilities realistically at 24. All right. So to recap, John Traylon Burks, DeMarvin Lill, Jeremy Ruckert, uh, Saad, Kenyon Green, DeMarvin Leal, Drake Jackson, uh, Kent, Chris Olave, Kingsley, Enigbare, Cole Strange, and I had Zion Johnson, Sam Williams, and then this time I'm a wild card fun reach pick right there. Cameron Decker. Jack Reacher over here. Oh, uh, Danny Gray. <laughs> By the way, Cade York, Nice kid. Nice kid, not the best kicker in this draft. The okay, best kicker in this draft is Jonathan Garibay from Texas Tech. Kid's money. Kid is money. Well, you have those multiple fifth-round picks. Maybe you draft multiple kickers and have them just battle it out. <laughs> now How about you don't draft them and you just sign them when it's over? Just sign them when it's over. You don't have to draft them. Yeah, you know, who I, you know I think screwed that up for everybody, though, KT. In the previous, No, I was going to say in previous years... Uh, I'd agree with you on that, but no, Bucks is going too far. I'm going to McPherson. La- yeah, I'm going to last year's draft. Old McPherson there was so money in the playoffs. Yeah. That's going to force in people's hands. I'm telling you, there's going to be a couple kickers drafted here. Get ready for growing pains because I've got a McPherson game there. He just couldn't hit a shot. 
Mm. He's like stinking Dinwiddie in the last Mavs yeah. game. When it was nut cutting time hey. in the postseason, he was incredible. I want to be quick because I do have to get out of here. We have to get out of here, but it is it does suck that the Mavericks aren't in a position to close this thing out tonight. Or, or we're recording this on Monday night. Because it is so much tent. It's just so much tension to be doing the draft and then have a big game six playoff game happening yeah. with a 9 p.m. tip. I hate it so much. We need to separate these things. I don't know why the NBA doesn't realize if you start your season on Christmas Day, you can have the summer. You can have it. It's all yours. Yeah. Let's blame the NBA about not giving other leagues time to have it to themselves. Maybe it's because the NFL wants to be the year-round league, KT. Sorry. I think that's what it is. Phone call. Trust me. Um, No, answer it. No, I don't want to. No, just answer it. Let's talk. It's, Put him on speakerphone. Not, who is it? You don't want to talk to him. It's Bobby Bell. <laughs> ask him. Ask Bobby who he would take at twenty four. Yeah, we we know we know who that is. And he's going to be over here trolling Hellman or something. He does um, like to troll. It's amazing. Uh, he also claimed that like five years ago that I said that Atlanta was a better show than Barry, and he said that he has proof that he could find it, and he hasn't found it yet. By the way, both amazing. Yeah, shows. both great. Why? Why would you be ever pissed s- about that? <laughs> well, I wouldn't be, but I don't think I ever said that Atlanta was better than Barry. Oh, this is okay. This is deep. What the Emmys decide. So, that. what are we doing for the draft, Kent? Do we have plans? What are our plans? Uh, we are more. going to let the draft happen and then come back next week and do a big, uh, okay. a big recap that'll be available uh, hopefully Monday morning when everybody gets like up and drives to work. They can listen to that. But uh, I like that. We'll let the draft happen. And uh, let this thing play out, and we'll hit it all in a big, big recap extravaganza episode next week. Well, that sounds like fun for Father John Mashota. Keep following his work all damn week here uh, on The Athletic, on Twitter, at John Mashota, M-A-C-H-O-T-A. Uh, for Saad Youssef, cover those Dallas Stars. We've got a big one tomorrow night against Vegas, Saad. Let's go get a dub, all right, man? Let's do it. For Kent Garrison going to Vegas to spend all of his money. On nice meals for Dane and Lance. And Robert, is Lance going to say, no, what's your Lance won't be the there, but it'll there? be Robert, Lance Nate, and, uh, and Dane. And Dane. And then we'll have uh, Deontay Lee. We'll have Lindsey Jones. We'll have Nick, Nick Baumgartner. It'll be greatness. See if you can catch a Silk Sonic show while you're out there. Yeah, maybe you catch the uh, Lady Gaga experience or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Lady yeah, who, who, Gaga. Who's in, who's in, uh, who's in <laughs> Vegas these days? Just it's fast just forward so 10 years and it'll be Bruno Mars. You know, but that's... Has there He's ever there! Been, is he on? already there? Oh, so, well, so, so oh, they're doing a residency? Oh, I didn't know that. Yes! I was like, he's the most... This guy's going to be in Vegas for the rest of his life artist of all time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't more know than, more than Little John? Yes! Yeah! <laughs> because your mom w- is going to want to see Bruno Mars. Every mom is. So it's like the most perfect oh, oh, Hold on, hold on, hold on. You don't think that there's a new generation of moms coming up that didn't, that, that weren't raised on? Go ahead and do that one more time, KT. Okay! Yes. <laughs> Happy draft, everyone. <laughs>